What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah. Noah, what's going down on this Wednesday night for you? Feeling pretty good. Uh, my Pacers did lose to the Warriors tonight, but uh, yeah, it was a pretty close stuff, game. Dude. We got some national television time. I'm always happy about that. It is a nice feeling, you know. I Although I don't root for a small market team, the Bulls have been treated like a small market team uh, for the past five years. So I get that feeling whenever you're on national television. It's just like, fuck yeah. It's like, just like, like, I feel like whenever I see national television games, I'm literally always watching the Warriors or the Lakers or the Bucks Or the Celtics. It's just like nice seeing a different team every once in a while, you know? Yeah. No, and de- like teams that are deserving too. The Pacers are a top four seed in the East right now. It's not like we're talking about, you know, some scrub like the Timberwolves, you know, not getting nationally televised games because they're 7-30. and 30. It's it's a decent team, so that's fun. Although I did put them in a parlay tonight at the behest of one Brandon, and I asked him because I was leaning on the side of the Warriors. I was like, where are you on the Pacers tonight? And he was like, I think Sabonis, fresh off getting snubbed from the All-Star team, is going to have himself a game. Lo and behold, he didn't really. Yeah, I, mean, I thought he, he was going to well, have a but... revenge game too. Yeah. Sad. That was the best of us. Warriors are low-key clicking, though. I can't uh, can't blame them for coming out out of the gate. Draymond Green is having quite the season. Have you seen his stat line? What is it? It's a little bit funky. Um, hold on, I'm pulling it up right now, right quick. Draymond Green this season is averaging 5.3 points, 8.3 assists, 5 rebounds. He's the best playmaker on the Warriors. It's really like. Top that off with one and a half steals, too. That's really good. That's really nice, honestly. A lot of teams would like that out of Draymond. I mean, seriously, like, especially on a team where you already have a premier scorer in the NBA. And Wiggins and Ubre have proven to be decent. I mean, Wiggins, especially, has been in, in. a good option, a good second option for the Warriors. He's been much more efficient than he ever was on the Timberwolves, you know, just not having to be the only guard and just working on a system that I... Big win tonight. Yeah, I I really like watching the Warriors, honestly. And it's kind of like they're kind of a... They kind of walk on, like, a bad path, you know, because they do need Steph to, like, constantly go off for them to win these games. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's kind of proven that he can do it. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a two-time MVP here. It's not like we're talking about a scrub. You know, hopefully the narrative is gone that Steph Curry was going to come back from this injury and forget how to play basketball and play, like, some... Derek Rose 2015 just nearly deformed um basketball monstrosity. So, no, he's playing at an MVP eh, like right right below MVP caliber play right now out of Steph Curry. 
Um, other big one tonight, my Chicago Bulls pull out the OT win against a scrappy Minnesota Timberwolves team. Watched pretty much all of it. Zach Levine posted another 30-point performance, and uh, the Bulls the Bulls are looking good. But uh, we, we can get to that later because I, I know we have that saved. So you want to roll into this first segment we got? I mean, we have talked about it on our past Wednesday episodes, but it's finally here. We have the All-Star teams. Yeah, uh, the reserves finally got announced, and I would say it was a pretty good reserve list announcement, and I think it caused a little bit of controversy too, which I think is always good, honestly. Yeah, this definitely has to be the most controversial all-star reserve list that's come out in a while on both sides too, and I think it speaks volumes because there's so many guys who actually deserved it. You know, I've definitely felt in years past that Especially in the East, there's been just a couple guys on the list where I'm like, eh, you know, take them or leave them. Were they really all-star talents? But no, this year, I think there are a lot of guys who are not playing on the all-star team or in the all-star game that are playing at all-star caliber levels. So that always makes it fun, and it makes it great for us because we get to talk about who we think probably should have made it. Yeah, the East is absolutely stacked with talent uh when you look at what players got left off from the east like it's kind Mm -hmm. of insane no it it really is i had a guy i had a guy who i thought was a lock i wrote down as a lock not make it so you know no but yeah why don't we why don't you read off the whole East side, and then we'll, we'll talk about surprises, who we felt really deserved it, and, and our general feelings. Okay, so the official all-star team for the Eastern Conference. The starters are Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, Giannis, Kevin Durant, and Joel Embiid. The reserves are Jalen Brown, James Harden, Jason Tatum, Zach Levine, Julius Randle. Let's go! Ben Simmons and Nikola Vucevic. Any um any surprises um from anyone that made the reserve list, Colin? Um I mean, first and foremost, Zach Levine. Absolutely deserved it. There was no I wasn't really all that nervous about it because in reading everything, I think a lot of sports writers really felt that it was his time. He'd put in the work. I know there was some feeling from his camp that he was snubbed last year when he was putting up 25 a game. This year, putting up almost 29 points a game, and he's actually averaging one or .5 less field goal attempts than he was last year, which to me is just crazy that you're jumping up 3.5 points in scoring on less field goal attempts. That just The efficiency rate is out of this world. The Bulls are a decent team, too, and it's almost uh, it's largely because of him. So I think he deserves it. I think he has been so much fun to watch this year. So so props to Zach Levine. That's all I got to say. Shout yeah. out, Zach Levine. Yeah, I actually think um, I don't think he deserved to make it last year, honestly. Like, he was putting up the 25 points a game. But the Bulls were like I said, but the Bulls were not like in the was... Bulls were not in the position they are now. Um no. the Bulls right now are the sixth seed in the East. 
um, on the back of Zach Levine. He's shooting 65.8 on true shooting this year. That's insane. And he's actually improved his passing and his defense this year. Um, last year, you know, I felt a lot like Zach Collins or Zach Levine was just putting up empty stat lines, you know, like he'll drop 40 mm-hmm. points, but the Bulls are going to get blown out by like 20. Uh, but this year yeah. he's actually making winning plays that make a difference out there on the basketball court. And I actually really like that he got recognized for it. I think he's a guy that really deserved to make it this year. Yeah, me as well. So that's the um, first on the list, Zach Levine. Um I think for the most part, I can understand why every single person made it. Like, there's not a, a person, for me at least, that sticks out as like, wow, like, I really don't think that there was a case for you and you somehow made it. Is that how you feel? Do you see any name on here where you're like, man, like, I really just, like, that guy, kind of a scrub? No, I honestly think... um Everyone who made this list deserved to make it. Um, I'm really happy Jalen Brown made it, um, just like Zach Levine. I think Jalen mm-hmm. Brown's having a really good year, and I think there was no way he could have been left off this team. And I think I think when you would look at this list, people would probably say, oh, Julius Randle and Vujovic are probably the most replaceable. But, I mean, it's a hard case against Julius Randle, honestly. He's averaging career highs in scoring, rebounds, and assists. Um, the Knicks basically run their offense through him, and the Knicks are half decent this year, actually. They're yeah. 15 and 17. They're the 10th seed, but they're tied with the Celtics and the Heat um, right above them. So I think he deserved mm-hmm. to make it. And then, you know, the center spot, um, I really thought my boy Sabonis was going to make it, but I guess Vucevic got a little bump because he really is he really has been performing this year. Um, I think he's the third yeah. highest fantasy scoring player this year. And, you know, I'm not mad he made it, but I am a little sad Sabonis didn't make it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I personally, I think that I would put Sabonis over both Vooch and Randall so would I. on the sole basis that he's on a better team. He's the better player on the better team. You know? like it, It's not like... The Pacers are that much better than some of the competition. You know, they're 500 right now. But, like, the Knicks are two games under. The Magic are six games under. Like, to me, I'd rather reward a guy who's on a a team that's in a playoff position than a guy who's putting up... You know, I don't think Vucevic is putting up empty stats by any means because... So much of their production just goes through him, and he contributes a lot to their wins. But to me, like there is the fine line of, and we've talked about it, the empty stats, which is why a guy like Trey Young is not on here. If we're going purely off of stat lines, how can you leave Trey Young off? I mean, he's putting up 29, 11, and like four. He's yeah. second in the league in assists. Like, you can't. You can't tell me that if we just look at stat lines and go from there that Trey Young doesn't deserve to be in the All-Star game. So then how do we not look at Sabonis' stat line and say, hey, this is a guy who's putting up, you know, um, I'm trying to pull it up right now. He's putting up 22, 6 assists, 12 boards on on a team that's in playoff position. To me, that just is a little bit upsetting. So it's not as though anybody necessarily in 
the front court. Although, all right, I'll, I'll let you go. Let let you speak your thoughts on the Sabonis case because he's your guy. Yeah, uh, I think if you would have asked me, like you know, at the start of the season, the Pacers started so strong, and you know there was some hype that maybe we would get Sabonis and Brogdon, um, both in the All Star game when they were both putting up really yeah. good. Um, stat lines but I think we lost some steam like I think Sabonis and Brogdon lost a little steam as did the team um and I think that like over the last two weeks I think like a lot of um hype got built around like Joyce Randall and Vucevic but Mm -hmm. Sabonis made the all-star game last year and he's literally better in every stat category than he was last year um he's per 36 he's averaging 21 11 and a half and six assists on 60.5 percent true shooting and I think part of it comes down to people just not watching Pacer games that much. Um, he has a career-high usage rate at 25% right now. And honestly, everything we do offensively revolves around him. And I think people just might not know that, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I absolutely agree. And this is what blows my mind. The Celtics are a half game back of the Pacers right now. They've dipped below 500, and they have two all-star players, and the Pacers have none? I, I, I don't know about that one, Chief. I don't know. Something seems a little fishy to me. Honestly, like I, I don't know if I think that Jason Tatum... Sh- ah, I mean... He's obviously a phenomenal player, and like I think the Celtics will get out of the rut, but I don't know how you can give two guys on the same, you know, mediocre team right now at least the nod in pass up guys like Sabonis, Bam. Fred VanVleet. You know the Raptors didn't get any nods and. They're, they're top five in the East. They're cooking. Yeah, I actually, I actually think Jalen Brown one hundred percent deserved to make this team. Um, I think mm-hmm. this year he's leveled up as a scorer. He's averaging twenty five and a half points per game on fifty percent field goal and forty one percent from three. Um, I think he's a lock, but I could see an argument made for Jason Tatum here. But you know, Tatum's kind of that guy who feels like he's going to be an all-star every year for, like, the rest mm-hmm. of his career, you know? And he's actually putting up career-high numbers in every stat except three-point field goal percentage this year. Um, he's averaging the most points he's ever averaged at 26. Um, he's averaging seven rebounds at 5.6 assists. So I mm-hmm. think uh, it's really tough because I think he gets that popularity bump, you know? Because people are going to be he like, oh, Jason Tatum's not going to not be in the All-Star game, you know? Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. I just I don't think that Jason Tatum deserves it based on the body of work. Because when we, we talk about these stat lines, like I see other guys that are contributing awesome stat lines to winning teams. So, yeah, I, I think it's tough. It's really tough. This was definitely a tough year, and there are some guys who I really feel may, might deserve an all-star nod that just are not getting one. Crazy stat. The season ends right now. The Celtics are not in a regular postseason right now. Obviously, we have the playing game this year, so th- they'd be in that, but they fall outside of the top eight. 
It's crazy. Should I read off some other like um, notable snubs from the East? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so some guys I had on my list were um, Chris Middleton. Um, he's a guy who's yes. a 50, 40, 90 guy this year. Um, I think he would have been really close to making it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Bam. I think a lot of people had Bam making it on their list, honestly. Yeah. Um, we already talked about Fred VanVleet. You know, he had that 50-point game. Um, he's looking like he might be the best player on the Raptors if Siakam can ever, like, snack, snap out of this uh, funk he's in. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty surprised um, he didn't make it. Um, we have Sabonis. We already talked about that. He's probably the biggest snub out of the East, honestly. Um, yeah. Some other guys. I think Tobias Harris had a case to make it. I was about chose, to say. But they chose Ben Simmons over him, which I think is fine. You know, I was pretty sure the Sixers were going to get two people. I just didn't know where the yeah. voters were leaning towards Simmons or Tobias Harris. And yeah, then Simmons just has the name recognition. I think Gordon Hayward had an argument to maybe make that game. But he's my last person from the East. Yeah, I think just giving everybody and Jeremy Grant would be the last one that statistically he's putting up some awesome numbers, but obviously he's on a yeah. shit team, so not really any love lost there. Alrighty, well that is the East. Now we have a whole other conference, which is the West. Want to read that one off for me? Yeah, so the starters for the Western Conference are Steph Curry, uh, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, and Kawhi Leonard. The reserves for the West are Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Paul George, um, Anthony Davis, who was announced, but Devin Mm -hmm. Booker is going to be replacing him due to injury, Chris Paul, and Zion Williamson. Uh, any surprises there, Colin? No. Can't say there. there's a single name that shocks me there. I will say that we rattled off the starters exactly correct for the West on our last podcast, despite there being a decent amount of controversy now over Luka getting a starting spot over Dame Lillard. Have you Have you read into any of that, or should I explain what I have seen? Yeah, I think Luca actually said that Dame should have started over him himself, didn't he? Well, so so he didn't say that directly. He said that if you look at the body of work, that Dame maybe should start over him, and that he was a little bit surprised that he got it. So he it wasn't as though he came out and was like, "I want to give my spot up to Dame Lillard because he is so much better than me." He was like, he was more of just like a recognition of like how good Dame has been. He was like, "Yeah, like maybe." Like, I get the case for him over me, and, like, I understand why people would say that he should have this spot. But also, Luke is putting up some unreal numbers right now. Yeah, I actually think if I had a choice in there, um, I think I would choose Dame to start over Luca this season, honestly. Yeah, honestly, when we had made those lists, I don't know what it was. I just didn't realize... How phenomenal of a season Damian Lillard has been having, and the just the catalyst role he has in bringing a CJ McCollumless Blazers into West royalty. There they were a four seed yesterday. They've dropped down, or the other day they've dropped down to the fifth seed. I mean, and and uh, they're missing fucking um, 
Oh my god, there's center. Uh, help me out. Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah, I was. I was, I had Vucevic still in my head, and I was like Vucev Verkic and tough stuff. But yeah, missing those guys, and they have just rattled off some wins. Now they are on a three game skid right now, but preceding that, they'd rattled off six, seven wins in a row. I mean, insane, insane. So, yeah, get the argument for Dame over Luka. But the fringe guys, any surprises for you? Um, Dame wasn't a surprise. Um, no. Really, the only – I there wasn't really any surprises for me. I think I picked the list exactly right. Um, I, I was pretty confident Zion was going to make it. Um, you know, I don't think Zion initially met his, like, college hype last year, you know, because of injuries and mm-hmm. the minute restrictions he was on. But now I feel like he's, like, meeting and exceeding, um, like, the expectations people had for him during this second season. Um, I think the Pelicans have gave Zion uh, more freedom on offense. Um, I think they've been putting the ball in his hands more recently, and I think that's honestly really smart. Um, and their offensive rating is actually better um, over the last five games, and that, those are the games Zion has been um, getting used more. And he's averaging mm-hmm. 25 points on 61% field goal shooting. Like, come on. I mean, that's insane. It's insane. Now, he's it amassed a total of 28 three-point attempts on the season or something along those lines, so it's not as though he's taking low-percentage shots. Um, or really stepping outside beyond the paint, but uh, I can't argue with a man that's putting up twenty five points. You know, that's uh, that's solid numbers. I'll give it to you. Do you think Devin Booker should have just made it instead of being the injury replacement for Anthony Davis? How do you mean? Do you mean that Anthony Davis shouldn't have made it in the first place? Or like or... someone else, you know? Do you think Devin Booker should have been on no. that All-Star Reserves list? Honestly, I'm a little bit upset that it's Devin Booker. Um, okay. He's he's the one. It should be Mike Conley. Okay. It should absolutely be Mike Conley. I mean, the Jazz are first in the West. They haven't lost a game in like, I don't even know how long. Oh, they lost to the Clippers the other day prior to that that's the first time they've lost in the month of february it's four days away from being march they are currently kicking the shit out of the lakers i mean yeah they oh game over yeah they they won by like 30 oh yeah and i don't even think there's an argument for like booker over chris paul you know like i think the best argument no. for the cp3 effect just look at where the suns are at in the standings right now yeah exactly like they're fourth in the west um super competitive west and i think chris like it's so crazy that just getting this one guy is like can mean this much can difference just, you know in just the yeah. win loss column no absolutely i know i've read the stat where people are like everybody always talks about like how crazy it is that LeBron's still doing what he's doing, and he's really only missed significant time because of injury for one season. It was a bit of a throwaway season in the first place anyways. Look at what Chris Paul's doing. Chris Paul has been a playoff force in a very tough Eastern Conference for a decade now. A decade. 
I mean, he led a team that people really thought was going to be the worst team in the NBA last year to the five seed. Yeah. You got to respect them. Like, like, how can you not respect Chris Paul? He might go down as one of the best players ever to not win a ring. Because I think he's low-key well, cursed. But, um, so I don't, I don't think know. he's going to win a ring. But he's really I, good. I could... I could definitely see Chris Paul at like 41 still not retiring and just kind of hopping on whatever the the super team at the time is just so he can he can say he got one. He's a very casual 50-40-90 guy this season. Uh, he shoots very 97% casual. from the free throw line. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's a number that just has to come down over time, right? Like you can't yeah. just... He'll probably be above be 90, 97%. though. Yeah, he's a career, like, 88% guy, I'm pretty sure. Like, it's yeah. not as though... It, it's not absurd that he's... Uh, yeah, he's a career 87% guy. But, yeah, 97. Yeah, career low in, in free throw attempts, though, for him. Only at 2.5, but still. 2.5, that's not a scrubby number. I mean, he's your go-to guy at the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I definitely enjoy him being an All Star. Um, he was an All Star last year in OKC. He took a, a three year break in the middle of his career from All Star games, but has obviously shown that he deserves it at thirty five years old. So, my heart goes out to the man. He was one of my favorite players growing up. Had a big CP three um, poster in my room. What team? The Hornets? Uh, yeah. That's kind of sick. I actually like that. Yeah, it was like the, the, um, I I do not, like the turquoise? Like what color? Oh, yeah, like like, the tealish? Yeah, the teal, the teal. Yeah. Oh, those jerseys were really nice. Yeah. I I actually remember those uh, Hornets teams pretty well. They had like Chris Paul, David West, and Tyson Chandler. They were kind of kicking ass. Yeah, dude, I was I'll just like scroll through basketball reference every once in a while. They had a season where they were like one of the best teams in the NBA. Like they they were 56 and 26 and I think they wouldn't they get bopped. They got bopped in the semifinals in 7 games to the Spurs. Wow. Who um I for, I forget how that what the Spurs ended up doing that year. I forget if they won or not. Um, oh, no. They they lost to the Kobe Bryant Lakers, who went on to beat the Celtics. Oh, that team had Peja Stojakovic, too. Oh, my God. Nasty Damn, squad. Good for them. Good for them. Wow. Real deep in the archives right now. Love it. Love it. Um, the only other guy that I... So on, I had left Paul George off my list purely by virtue of him having missed significant time. I understand why he made it. I mean, the name alone, Paul George, is just all-star caliber. He, The man has already been to five all-star games, six all-star games in his career. So it's, it's not as though that's some anomaly. But... I really would have liked to see DeMar DeRozan on this list. Okay. How do you feel about that? Um, Over Paul George, no. 
but I do think there's an argument to be made for DeRozan. Um, he's averaging a career-high assist um, per 36 minutes yeah. this season. He's averaging 20 points. Um, the Spurs are surprisingly good this year. They're sixth on the West right now, 16 and 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's due largely in part to how well DeMar DeRozan has been playing. And yeah. he's actually cut down on the long twos this year, which I think was like a DeMar DeRozan like specialty. You know, he loved his long yeah. twos. Um, mm-hmm. But he's shooting a career high on mid-range shots now. He's shooting 57% on mid-range shots. And when you have a guy like that, that is like absolute money because you can get that mid-range shot like all the time. You all know? day. Yeah, just the way that modern defenses are set up. I mean, I was watching the Bulls tonight, and Patrick Williams was finding that spot a little bit, and it's just wet if you can hit it. Teams will give it to you because it's first guard the three, guard the pick and roll, and then guard the interior. I mean, if you can find your spot, I mean, that's the Chris Paul money shot, you know? Just that little uh, elbow jump shot. It's money for him, so you can make a living just hitting that shot right there. Clearly, DeMar has figured that out, but he's a four-time All-Star. Nothing new to the character. Artie, does that wrap up our our All-Star talk? Anybody else that you feel like you have to mention? I don't think that there were as many snubs, if any, that haven't been mentioned in the West. Yeah, we can touch I on Mike Conley a little bit more, but uh, I think that's just about it. Yeah, I think Mike Conley has the best um, case, honestly, out of anyone in the West. Um, the West just like um, you could add SGA, you could add De'Aaron Fox, but you know the West is way too competitive for either. Yeah, being a guard spot. Yeah, yeah, I think De'Aaron Fox would have the next best case, but still. I think with Mike Conley, too, it's one of those things where you feel like the guy should have been an all-star at some point. I mean, he is a staple on the, what what were they called, the the Grinder Grizzlies? The Green Grind Grizzlies. Yeah, 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 there it is, there it is. I mean, some Grizzlies teams that, you know, in stacked... Lakers, Warriors, Spurs era basketball were consistently competitive, especially in the regular season, with teams that just did not have any sort of the stardom that the big markets attract. I think Memphis is one of the smallest markets in the NBA. So you you wish the guy would have been there already. And so at 33 to be having the season he's having with Utah, to be... Really, I mean, the floor general of the best team in the NBA. I'd love to give it to that guy as opposed to Devin Booker, who I think can definitely be an empty stats scorer. I take it. Yeah, I oh, I think I kind of wish Mike Conley did make it, but I can't replace him with anyone on the list, honestly. Uh, the Jazz could have had three people, though, and that would have been insane. Um, for his 14th year in the league to make the All-Star game, that would have been awesome. His per 36 minutes, or his per 36 minute stats are mm-hmm. actually insane. He's averaging 20 points, 4.2 rebounds, and 7 assists on 59% true shooting. 
and he's shooting he's shooting the most threes of his career um and the most accurately of his career that's nutty yeah yeah so i guess just when we fill out our media ballots next year after this podcast blows up and everybody's like ah no one colin like you guys are so good at talking about basketball please like tell us basketball things and we'll be like okay fine like calm down you know let me uh sign whatever you got and let's move on here um when that happens when when the fame and the stardom you know how do we vote for the all-star do you vote on stats do you vote on perceived impact and do you vote for guys on losing teams um so for me personally um I take winning into account, um, you know, like a mm-hmm. logical person I think would. Um, I take games missed into account as well, but I think for a year like this, you can't really lean into games missed that much because of COVID, you know? Fair enough. And then I think I would vote. Uh, I like voting for guys on bad teams, but I think they have to deserve it, you know, because you need yeah. that extra notch over a team, that over a guy who may be putting up not as good stats, but he's on the second best team in the East, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because I know I, I was reading some arguments somewhere that if the Bucks were the number one seed right now, that Chris Middleton would be an all-star, no doubt. And I was like, you know what? Fair enough. Do you he think there's any kind be. of, like, fatigue on um on that, like, Chris Middleton not making it, you know? Because the Celtics aren't first in the East. So they're like, eh... This guy was really only making it because, or yeah, the Bucks. This guy was only really making it because you know the Bucks were the first seed, so they kind of have to have two people. Um, I yeah yeah I do, and I think even more so. I think it's a little bit that like, all right, you made the All Star game, so give one of these other guys like the nod. Like your story's already been written. You you're not that much better than. Some of these other guys, so eh. yeah. I think that's a lot of it, and I, I truly think that that's why Sabonis didn't make it this year, just because he made it last year. I think if he was never an All Star, I think there would have been a lot of hype, like there was for Zach Levine, of like get this guy to the All Star game type stuff, all like all over Twitter, because that's how Julius Randle gets there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I love how the Knicks have their first good season in, like, eight years, and they're like, yes, this man must be an all-star. And let's call it what it is, too. It's not a good season. It's Yeah, they're having a, a, like, mid-season. Season. But to the Knicks, this is, like, their fucking their championship now. Oh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they <laughs> And Randall's really their only piece they have right now where I, I look. Well, I'm not the only one, but... He's the only developed piece they have right now that's like, yeah, like, I like what's going on there. Everybody else on the Knicks has ways to go before the Knicks are claiming any sort of legitimacy. I say that as I just totally pump up the 16 and 17 Bulls. <laughs> I'm kind of here for the Bulls, dude. I, I kind of want them to make the playoffs pretty badly. Dude, I go back and forth in my head. It's one of those things where I'm like, I would love nothing more than to watch the Bulls in the playoffs. But then I go, hmm, okay. We get, like, the Nets. 
we lose in four games. We have bad draft pick. It's like, no, like, I think this next draft is actually going to be pretty legit. Just wait it out, get a decent draft pick. But I, I want to be attractive for free agents. So I, I want to be in the playoffs for that reason. Because, I mean, if you look at the top five teams in the NBA, top six teams in the NBA, and these are the teams that I, I think have real legit shots at uh, championship aspirations, everybody else, eh, maybe, but I doubt it. You've got the Lakers, the Clippers, the Jazz, the Bucks, Nets, and 76ers. Do you think that's a fair statement that outside of those six teams, it's really tough to make a case for anybody else? Yeah, I wouldn't even have the Jazz in there, honestly. <laughs> I think you have to though. Just uh, like the way they're playing, I, I think it's they're, they're twenty five and six. And yeah, we'll we'll see come playoff time. Fair enough, fair enough. But I think at this moment you have to include them in that conversation. Yeah, the Clippers are are not organic at all. The Lakers are not organic at all. The Jazz are organic. They have to be because they're a small market. The Bucks, organic. The Nets the farthest thing from organic and the 76ers organic. But when we look at it at the end of the day, the teams that we truly think have the best shots are the teams that aren't organic. It's the Nets, the Clippers and the Lakers, I think are like the, the consensus, like those are the top three. And we see how hard it is for a team like that bucks, you know, who hit literally yeah, hit the gold playoffs. mine? Who hit the gold mine in the in the draft? They 14th, get they yeah. get a future MVP at fifteenth in the draft. Two and you MVP. see how hard it is to really like build a team when you're not a major free market destination, you know? Yeah, and the Seventy Sixers obviously have had their their guys come in. You know, Simmons and Embiid are really their only. Organic players, granted, now those are really their two best players, aside from Tobias Harris, but then everybody else is coming from elsewhere, which is is fine. You know, I I still call that organic when your two best guys are guys you drafted. But my point being, it's so tough to just win off guys you are drafting and developing. And, And that's the other thing, too. Like, I would consider Zach Levine, like, pretty organic yeah you, you know we another got him team like gave up on one years old yeah like it, it wasn't it wasn't like he was some established all-star superstar that came over like definitely we built him up groomed him he has flourished on the bulls so that's where i go back and i'm like well you know we have to do something to attract somebody else because it's not like we can just win based on what we have so it's tough. It it's tough. Um, I yeah. think for the guys' sake, I want to see him win, but you know, I think long run, how beneficial? I don't know. I think your time to tank has passed. Um, you know, I see no reason why the Bulls shouldn't be. They should have pu- pushed for the playoffs last year. Honestly, um, I think that time, like, I think it's passed. You know, I think you need to give those guys a reason to want to play in Chicago. I think making the playoffs would be such a mental like hill climbed for the, mm-hmm. that Bulls team, you know? Even just to lose in yeah. the first round um, in five games, teams would kill to 
do that every season, you know, like the Pacers. Yeah. <laughs> we, I live to lose in the first round, but the feeling of watching those playoff games, <laughs> the feeling of watching those playoff games yeah. is like something you can't like get in the regular season, you know? Yeah. I haven't felt that in like four and a half years either. So, oh, I remember it very fondly. Zach Levine could Not... win a playoff game by himself. Like, you could get at least yes. one win. He would just he go could, off for, he like, could 45. Win a playoff game. That's true. Yeah. We just, like, we need to build on defense. Um, I, I'm very excited to watch Patrick Williams develop. Um, I think he's only getting better after every game he plays, you know? Dude, he is, too. And he might have one of the dopest nicknames in the NBA. Do you know what it is? No, I don't. It's The Paw. Cause the he's, paw. Uh, I kind of like that. Yeah, because he's baby Kawhi. Oh, I kind of like that a lot. Isn't that pretty dope? The paw. I'm liking seeing this like um new look bulls, you know, without Laurie too, because they might not have him next season. And I don't think it's the worst decision to not resign no, Laurie I... when you can play. You could play two wings at three and four instead, and the bulls become yeah. a lot more deadly. Yeah. No, we really do. Like, I thought that Laurie was going to be, like, a centerpiece for us moving forward. But it just kind of turns out that he – I don't know what it is. Like, he's a good scorer. He's got a a great body of work. um, But he's just not helping us get wins. I don't know. I think on a a better team – I think on a better team, Laurie is, like – Ceiling is like third best player mm-hmm. on like the Mavs or something like that. Yeah, that's but the but the Bulls kind of need him to be more than what I think he actually is. Yeah, I I think so too. So I don't know. Honestly, I kind of hope we trade him just to get, get something. something for him because I don't think he's coming back. No, I think a team's I don't gonna think pay. He wants to. I think a team's going to pay him like close to twenty mil too. And I don't think there's any reason for the Bulls to invest twenty mil into Laurie Markman right now. No, absolutely not. Especially because I think we kind of have to give Zach Levine a max. I don't think there's yeah. any way around. You it, can't really. lose Zach Levine. If you lose no. Zach Levine, you're just back to tanking for four years. Yeah, again. exactly. Which like why? Why? Because like I I truly think that Zach Levine can be a one one B option, maybe even a one A scoring option. On a championship caliber team. I yeah. think if, if we can find the right guy, I think that Patrick Williams is going to develop really well. I still have some questions about Kobe. He's he's still fairly inconsistent. We definitely need to replace Wendell down low. Um, Got to find somebody that's just a, a better shot protector, rim protector. Um, yeah, and then somebody to help us with our perimeter d because our perimeter d is hot garbage yeah i think you're i think if you ever if the bulls ever wanted to get serious about being a championship contending team they would have Mm -hmm. to bring in a leap playmaker um i don't know if kobe cuts it for the playmaking honestly and i think you would want i think having the threat of someone who's that good passing would do zach levine like wonders when he doesn't have to score every bucket off a iso Mm -hmm. you know yeah. So what scares me is that Kobe really should be a shooting guard. Like I don't think he's cut to be a point guard in the NBA. He's too sporadic he's... with his assist numbers. 
Mm-hmm. And, like, I watch his playmaking, and, like, it's there, and then it's just cold. And playmaking isn't something that, that can just go cold if you want to be a championship contender. Yeah. Like, it's, it's it's not like James Harden has nights where, like, the playmaking just isn't there, you know? It's not yeah. like Luka doesn't have nights where the playmaking just isn't there, you know? Like, Kawhi, LeBron... Any, any, name any, like, best player on a championship caliber team. Like, night in, night out, you know, even if they're not on, they're able to create for their teammates. And I question if Kobe can do that from the point guard position. Then, now, that's not to say that he doesn't have value, because I think he has a ton of value, and I'm so really excited about him. But I think he's better off as a shooting guard. I think that moving Levine to the three, investing in Williams at the four... And then having somebody else at five, I, I think that's just so small ball. And I don't think that the small ball experience experiments have worked out. Yeah. In my mind, Kobe um, in an ideal bull situation is the six man off the bench who can play with the starters and also play with the backups, mm-hmm. but he might not be ending games. But he can I, always get better. I kind of think that's This is like his second year in the league, you know? Like, no, Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, don't no need to sell him short quite yet because yeah. But we're also out of Otto Porter's contract after this year. So that's a blessing. Yeah, dude. You know how much money he's making? It's too much. Twenty-seven. No, he's making like almost forty mil a year. Are you fucking? I know his contract was fat. I didn't know it was that fat. That's yeah, ridiculous. It's, uh, the Wizards really thought he was like their third missing piece with uh, John Wall and Brad Beal. Oh no, I was wrong. It, it's uh, it's twenty eight this year. I knew it. I fucking knew it. Yeah, it's, it's still like insane. Twenty eight. No. Any players you would like to see the Bulls go after? Like, maybe they don't even have to be free agents. <sighs> just guys who you think would help. Um, dude, the free agents for next year are kind of weak. Yeah, they're um, pretty ass. Yeah, like I, I think I've said this before, but if Kawhi just like resigns or signs an extension before free agency even hits, then this is going to be a pretty boring free agency. Um, um, I I think like Chris Paul might be like our best bet, honestly. I think Kyle Lowry would be a little more realistic. I don't want Kyle Lowry though. Like that, like that doesn't mean anything for me. I actually think Kyle Lowry would help the Bulls a lot. Like this season, if you had Kyle Lowry, I think he helps a lot. Yeah, I'm sure, but like it's it's not like um a... it doesn't move us to a cal like a, a playoff cal you know championship caliber. Look, you guys are in dire need of an elite level playmaker. We'll trade you T.J. McConnell for Kobe White. That's facts. You want I was facts. watching the Pacers game tonight, and TJ McConnell's actually like a really good guard for Steph Curry. Like it's not as bad of a matchup as you think it is, because they both have like super high motors, and TJ oh, actually wait. has the energy to like run around with Steph Curry. Actually, I know who my number one guy is on my free agent list. It's John Collins. He's gonna be a restricted. Okay, I like agent. that. I Do you... I think it would be awesome. Do you believe in his capabilities uh, as, like, a small ball five? Or do you need a center to pair with him? 
I'm not certain, but I think we could figure it out, like, from there, you know? I could see the Hawks and um, Bulls just doing a Lori John Collins swap, honestly. Low-key? Both on expiring contracts? I kind of fuck with that. Should we call up the Hawks? Dude, get him on the phone. Get him on the phone. Ah. How tall is John Collins? He's six nine. I'm gonna guess like six eight. Maybe six nine. Six nine. I don't, I don't think I want him playing small ball five. No, I don't think so either. But I don't think I want to go small ball. So I think I'm fine there. Maybe yeah, you can get Clint that... Capella somehow. Nah, I'd rather Collins at the four and then find a real five. Like Miles Turner, you want him? I would take Miles Turner in a heartbeat. God, you can have him. Why, are you you getting rid of Miles Turner? No, I just think um, I think the Pacers potentially could be better uh, moving with like a smaller wing, but uh, wings are very hard to come by. So yeah, they that is the hardest position. To you got to overpay to get a half decent wing like Otto Porter. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there's a reason he made $28 million this year, even though he's basically sat on the bench for three straight seasons. If you want a good 3 and D player, you literally have to draft them now because all the good ones are already signed to the best teams. Yeah, I mean, that's why Patrick Williams jumped up. Like, a week before draft day, I like saw a list where he was not even in the first round. That's oh. Right? All righty. Well, I like the all-star talk. It turned into a lot of Bulls talk, which I am privy to, most certainly. Hopefully the listeners were too. Noah, any closing arguments, closing thoughts that you'd like to make? Um, Domantis Sabonis should have been an all-star, and I'm probably going to be mad the rest of the year that he wasn't. Big facts. I'm good there. I'm pretty stoked that Zach Levine is an all-star. Congrats. Muscle top. Peace out. Alrighty. We'll see you guys on Sunday.